You're listening to New Dog Museum. Hello and welcome to another New Dogma audio situation. It is an audio situation. It is very much also a podcast, but it absolutely is a situation. We always are situated and in a situation. We haven't done this in a while. It's been almost a month. It's been even longer for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it has been long for you, Mitch. We'll get into that. We want we want to hear a little wow. bit. Maybe not tonight. A month. We're going to wow. have to have a Mitch's Travels segment in an upcoming NDZ Live episode. we got to get like a special uh, special jingle for it and everything. We need, right. to, we need to have like, you know how like Rick Steves? Oh, yeah. You know, has his show on PBS. We need to have like a Rick Steves type show, but like with Mitch. You know, the best part about Rick Steves is how much he swears. And smokes weed. Oh, yeah. The dude. The, People the, don't know that about Rick Steves, and they need to. The dude loves the marijuana. Yeah, who doesn't, though? I mean, Mitch. Me. <laughs> <laughs> we, me thinks thou dost protest too much, Mitch. Yeah. What uh, else is new? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. If you if you'd have heard me yelling in the in the in the forward club last Wednesday, yeah, same, yeah, I was doth protesting too much. Yes, correct. I had Chris Fox telling me to keep it down. Well, that's how you know you've made it. <laughs> Man, if Chris Fox though is Chris Fox is Chris Fox is telling you to quiet down though. Yeah. First things first. Let's get back to the episode. I am Andrew. I'm here with Grant and Mitch. How are you guys? I'm good. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> and kicking. Yeah. Let's do this. We're still here. Right, yeah. be- right before this, I was down at uh, IO Arcade, put up a new high score on Donkey Kong. The Donkey Kongist yep. of us all. Donkey King. Yeah, the Donkey King. The Donkey King. The Donkey Kang King Kong. <laughs> Donkey Kang. <laughs> uh. Tonight, we have an exceptional guest. Oh, man. Someone whose pedigree is well above what ours will ever be. Unrivaled. Why he spends time hanging out with us, I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, He seems to like you a lot, Grant, which is, you know. I don't know. (laughs) And tonight, when he found out that I was an Arsenal fan, he was just like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he didn't know. The jury was out until then. Yeah. 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 Uh, We have Jim Launder on tonight. NCAA champion coach in 1996, Jim Wander, who's been with the club. Uh, I thought he'd been kind of in and out, but he's been with the club since day one. Yeah. Which is actually, I didn't even know that. So it's listed on the Wikipedia page that he started in 2020, I believe. Which is what I would have written. I don't don't think he was ever officially listed as anything in 2019. Jim was on the payroll in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know. Explains a lot about that season, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You may hear the background music. We are back at Robinia Courtyard, one of our favorite places Love this on place. Earth and especially in Madison. Shout out to John. Shout out to Armando. Shout out to Vicky. Shout out to Vicky. Amazing. us with uh, delicious beers all evening. And is a one hell of a photographer, we must say. Yeah. 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 She made us uh, actually take pictures while we were like in our positions with our headphones on, with yeah. the mics here, yeah, putting a real professional uh, Jim was, look and feel to it. I mean, like you know, Jim will come up in a little bit here, but he, you know, he was a great sport. Oh, so. a fantastic sport! Yeah, so. he gets it. He does. Look, he's a great uh, dude. He's he's been through it. He's been there and back again. Um, 
So why have we not been recording NDZ Live for many weeks? Some of you may have seen in the new print edition, number two, la that la. Uh, there's an NDZ Live ad on like the third page, say or fourth page, saying every Friday. Or out Fridays or Friday mornings. Every Friday. It says yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, it hasn't been every Friday. No. But here's why. We put out a second issue of our print magazine, 54 pages, full color. Um, we had a we had a release party for it a couple weekends ago. A lot in the, of fun, too. In the middle of a f- fucking super busy time for for you and I, Grant. At least Mitch was out of town. Yeah, I was at my sister's wedding. Traveling get out of that. Traveling a little bit, yeah. doing the vacation yeah. thing. Yeah. And meanwhile, you and I are just I'm slogging through it. <laughs> I'm in town now, and I'm going to be in town for a while, so... Yeah. Uh, We are back in your ear holes. Thank you for listening to us. As the people say, like, subscribe. Uh, Send us all of your burning questions, your hate mail. uh, Your your, money. Your love mail. Your money, especially. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the release. Uh, So we got rained out a little bit. We were out in the courtyard here at Urbina. We had... Fucking A, dude. Grant, I played music... We had me, Chris Fox, and Liam yeah. all all spinning DJ sets. I did two. I did the 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. slot. I haven't been up that late that in was, fucking years. That was my favorite set you did. The later one? Yeah. 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 Part of it's because uh, we had some technical difficulties around the first set. But, yeah. you know, we made it work. Um, Good time was had by all. The, the release party was great. I think we sold probably close to a third or half of, of the overall print run that we did. Uh, we'll still have plenty more. By the way, if you are at four mass and home matches this season, we are at Rabinia Courtyard ahead of each game, selling the mags out in the courtyard or in Madison Tap. We will also be outside gate one until we are out of this current print run. Yep. These magazines are only $5 a piece. That is a heavy heavy decrease on the $12 price tag that we had last season let's talk a little bit we'll, we'll get into why we're able to lower the price so much in just a few minutes but let's talk a little bit about the party grant yeah uh a great time was had we had some luligans up here we did um our friends from st louis always come up and at least once a season. At least once a season. And this was the game that they chose to come up. And they came up and had a great time with us up there. And, and they brought some new people, too, yep. that we got to meet. And uh, they, they, they were great, too. Um, we had the usual, like, European athletic clothing oh, yeah. for sale, which we were making sales on that, too. Yep. Um, we had some art for sale, which, you know, had a piece go out but really it was about the magazine yeah it was about the mag this time people were excited about the magazine and um i thought that just seeing so many people that would come in and just buy the magazine just because of like the art that was on the front page and everything like that that was that was great to see i mean it's definitely not because they wanted to hear what we have to say no i mean because it's (laughs) it's they, they want pretty pictures to look at yeah yeah it's mainly the pretty pictures but i will say like uh so the the pieces inside uh, I write a piece where I compare this current Ford Madison mm-hmm. team to the 1989 Green Bay Packers. Anybody who grew up in the state, great state of Wisconsin understands what that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, a perennially underperforming organization for multiple decades beforehand who 
in the first half of their existence, there's a reason why they call Green Bay Title Town. Yeah. And they really <laughs> haven't won. They really haven't won shit in the last 50 years compared to what they did in their first 50. I think. I think you said it in the article. It's that they've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in the last 55 years. Yeah, and they've won two championships. Two championships. So three Hall of Fame quarterbacks, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're counting Bart Bart Starr, I am. Yeah. 55 years. Yeah. So yeah, you're going back. So you've had three. You know. I would put him at the end of the first 55. Right, and so then that's when the new generation started. Yeah. And then you had, but even in like the last what? They won. 30 years? I mean, won, at least you guys are getting Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They won yeah. a championship. You're a Bears fan. I forgot about this. <laughs> on, on we got average, Sid Luckman, baby. Yeah. On average, the Green Bay Packers won a championship every four years of their yeah. first 50 years. Yeah. It helps when there's a lot fewer teams in the league as well. It yeah. does. It but. does. But it's also a reason, you know, why I compared this, this, this team of, like, being a sports fan, we talk about this fairly regularly i mention this pretty often being a sports fan is mostly about losing yeah 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 right only one team wins it every year so how can you be proud proud in the margins and make the most of it in the margins a lot of it has to do with that uh we talked a bit about my dad's tendency to always turn off the broadcast audio whenever john madden was on and turn on the am radio uh Uh, maybe at some point the three of us jamokes We'll do some sort of live audio broadcast that people can turn off the commentary on the USL Plus stream and just listen to See, our I, stupid music. I would, I would love to do that. I would love to do something like that. I don't know if USL would let us, mm. but I would love to. They do don't that. have to say shit about it. We'll put the audio out live, and people can listen to that instead of playing the audio on the ESPN Plus stream. I, that's what I mean. There's. Yeah. You ever heard of those? You, this broadcast cannot be re, re- rebroadcast, redistributed. That's a redistribution, I think, technically. Uh, I am not a lawyer. USL one can suck my dick. I guess the question. <laughs> I guess the question would be, if we're able to broadcast it without, like, the broadcast in the background. Yeah. No. No. no that's fine. It would be like a radio broadcast, but I think it's the same. I think. I think. I, I'm not a lawyer. We gotta talk to an actual like. Guess we gotta talk to one. FCC. You know sort of we lawyer. should talk to. We should talk to our friends at WRT. They would probably know. You know what we could do is just not broadcast it and then and just have put it people, out later. And no, and have people just come wherever we are and listen to whatever it is we're saying. Maybe we could do it live with the, like at the Forward Club for like away games. Eh, we'll see about that. <laughs> I don't know if they want to deal with all of our bullshit. They, they already have a hard enough time. They already with deal with mine. Yeah. yeah. Like I like legitimately the last you game I legitimately John, was just John yelling the entire bullshit. time. You know what we should just do, Grant? Let's just do what we've been doing. We go to the forward club and just talk fucking stupid shit while the game's on. That's what we used to do. Yeah, that's fair enough. Works for me. No, yeah, just Works go to the forward club. Just go to the forward club. And you don't have to listen to the audio commentary because you can't hear it over your fucking moaning anyway. Yep. Uh, one thing I do want to do as part of this magazine release is thank our Patreon backers yet again. 
Uh, you all really do make this magazine, the print magazine, affordable for everyone. Yep. Just so that I, I, I'm going to peel back the curtain just slightly here. Normally, we don't do this kind of thing. Uh, Lord knows I didn't do this for years while I was running merch for the flock. <laughs> as far as how much stuff costs versus how much we charge for it. But it costs us about seven fifty per magazine for this second print issue. Just to make it. Just to make it. Yeah. It's about what it costs per unit. And we're selling it at $5 a piece. That's a $2.50 per unit cost that we're losing. Yeah. Um, but our Patreon backers make it possible for by to paying into this to subsidize the cost of the magazine for everyone that buys yeah. a copy. This is why when, like, we're on socials and like even on my socials or whatever when I, when I thank our Patreon backers and say like we couldn't do this without you I'm being we literally couldn't like legit we yeah. could not do this yep. without your support yeah and that support knowing that like you're supporting this passion project that the three of us have it means the world to us yep. and so that we're able to like talk about something that we really love and care about and provide content to people that love and care about the same thing the microphones that we're using right now the recorder that we're using right now uh all is paid for all you. by patreon you. backers so yeah thank you, you so much again by the way if <laughs> if you if you are a patreon backer and you're listening to this right now uh you have and you haven't picked up a magazine yet or hadn't had one shipped to you uh, if you want one shipped to you just shoot us five dollars uh send us a uh, a message on Patreon, and we will get your your address and give you uh, the the shipping information uh, as far as paying us for the five bucks to get it out to you. Um, I I shipped off the first uh, group that went out to a handful of people, including David Magnus, Travis Manning, um, Corey Burrington up there in the Twin Cities. Uh, I, I I'm forgetting people I know. Yeah. Uh, but. Thank you so much again to our Patreon backers for making this all possible. You really do make it possible. Um, speaking of sort of uh, side things, before I, we're going to hear from Mitch all about his experience as a Red Hat. Uh, and I'm not talking about the uh, Linux version. Uh, I'm talking about... I thought you the, were going to say something about Trump. I'm talking about the professional statsman. Uh, yes. That is that is Mitch Meerman, but I want to talk real quick about our uh, segment on WRT uh, 89.9 FM in Madison's local news show. Yeah, uh, that they actually publish as a podcast, but we are on the local news show every other Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it airs at 6 p.m. live in Madison or Dane County, wherever you can pick up 89.9 FM on the radio or uh, on their stream from their website, which yep. is also free to get. Um, you and, can they run it, and they run it through the weekend. Yeah, on the weeks that we're on, they run it through the weekend. Yep. So. Uh, it's eight minutes long. It's very digestible. It's me and Grant and Evan Warwick, who's the, the club's uh, director of public relations. We also have Oleg Timuchinon, who is a fan of Foreign Madison, who provides us like fan insights on every game. This one this week, his, his analysis Spot of the NCFC on. game. It, oh, my God. The way that he kind of breaks things down and talks about, uh, to, like, sp- specific tactical and just, like, game-specific topics, like transition. And the way that he explains it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, we will have an episode out this Thursday. Uh, 
right before we kick off for the game versus Atlante. Uh, also, by the way, if you're going to be at that game, Grant and I and Chris Fox will be up on the Capitol stand at least for the first half. Doing what we do. Doing what we do. We'll talk a little bit about capos and drums and, and flock in and how you can get more involved in a minute. But Mitch, we want to hear you spin this yarn. Tell the tale of your experience as a Red Hat at a Ford Madison game. First of all, first of all, explain to the crowd what, what is a Red Hat. What is a Red Hat? Because yeah, no one knows. Because everyone's gonna assume is. that you be you became a Trumper for for some reason. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so so a Red Hat is basically um, the Red Hat sits uh, between the benches uh, behind the fourth official and basically communicates uh, to the broadcast, um, basically who goals are scored by or uh, who fouls are on, who's getting cards, uh, when, especially when substitutions happen, uh, how much stoppage time is going to be put in. And um, yeah, this is all stuff that's communicated to the broadcast for two reasons. One, because the broadcast only has the two cameras. They don't have full view, so the director can only see what is sent to him through the camera so basically the red hat is the director of the broadcast's eyes on the field so mm. everything that i'm saying to the director is basically like you know this is what's going on in case you can't see it through through one of your cameras the other piece of it is um the broadcast is on a three second delay to all of the cameras are on a three second delay to what the the director is seeing so if I'm saying, you know, for example, uh, I did the Red Hat for the Lexington game, goal scored by Jacob Kroll, 16. I say that to him as soon as it happens. He's just like, we haven't even seen it yet. So this is perfect because I can immediately get the, uh, I can immediately let the commentator know who that is, and I can immediately get the graphic ready to have that. So what you're saying is the game's on a delay, Mitch. Yeah. So well, I mean, the game's on a son of a bitch. <laughs> because, and the reason being is that they're announcing this game in Florida, right, or wherever it is that they're yeah. announcing from. Yeah. yeah, could be in like. <laughs> Seriously, these people could be doing this from their like living room. Yeah, they they absolutely could be. If they've got a good I enough, I mean, <laughs> I think we're figuring something. Well, out here. that that was definitely. <laughs> I mean, and that was happening for. That was happening for baseball teams during the uh, yeah, during, during the, pandemic, the pandemic during yeah, 2020 yeah, because yeah. I I remember um, I remember listening to a Cubs broadcast and they were talking about yeah like Pat Hughes was just like yeah I'm just broadcasting from I'm just broadcasting from my basement you know like that's how that's how like and if you have a professional setup you know and you yeah know, these guys absolutely can get a professional setup because they've got companies with money that can mm -hmm. bring that setup to them you know get it all set up or whatever I'm they thinking, don't have to touch anything i'm thinking if you're pat hughes and have been the the voice of the cubs for like the last 25 2023 ford c frick award winner he is no. officially in the hall of fame you know where he was before he went to chicago right i should know this um he was an employee of the milwaukee brewers we'll see yeah, he was the he he was the color guy alongside Bob Uecker. Okay. Yeah. I I met I met Pat. Um, He's a great dude. I met Pat uh, in 20, 
2011 at Cubs convention, and he is a lovely, lovely man. He's an amazing dude. He is yeah. just just an incredible guy. Um, had some great stories about Ron Santa. That was right after Ron had, Ronnie had died. Um, but yeah, yeah, because they were in, they were in the booth together, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. For great. for probably 15, 20 years. So what what sort of unique experiences did you have like working as a Red Hat for this particular game? Yeah. So this game. Um, the regular Red Hat did not show, uh, so I was kind of thrust into the role because that was a role that needed to be um, needed to be. It's an essential in. role for yeah. for every game. Yeah, and so basically, I just went down there, and the the director, you know, I'm just like, I've never done this before. He's just like, you know, this is this is basically what I need. You know, as soon as something happens, just let me know. And like, this is stuff that I already was kind of doing, like tracking goals and, and assists when I'm doing this for Wikipedia, when I'm doing this specifically for exhibition games. Yeah. So when I'm doing, ex- when I'm watching exhibition games, I'm trying to keep track of who is scoring and who's assisting. So I have to keep track constantly of the player with the ball and the last player with the ball and keeping track of those numbers. So this was something that I already had a little bit of experience with and just was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna keep this in mind. So when we had our first goal, um, I was immediately just like scored by whoever it was assisted by whoever it was you know and I just threw that out there and you know like I, I was constantly keeping an eye on the numbers um, it was really easy for forward because forward had that was the that was the game with the 3d kits yep. um, so not only not only were um, not only do I know the guys and can actually like look at them and be like oh yeah I know who that is um, but the numbers were very, very visible on the kits. Right. So that was a huge help to me. On the other hand, Lexington's kits—they had these like light numbers on on white, and yeah, they had was, like silver numbers on like a white jersey. And it was a yeah. pain in the butt trying to keep track of who's who. Um, there were a couple guys where it was just like <laughs> it's obvious who signed off the design. Yeah, silver numbers on white. That's not, yeah, great. Uh, yeah, we couldn't have a pink kit till this season. It's ridiculous. But yet. Knoxville's got one. USL could soak my dude. Oh my god, Knoxville's kits are the worst because they've got that very, very light pink, and they have the silver numbers, and this like the silver like blends into the pink, and it's horrible. Yeah, horrible. Would you? Sorry for saying suck my dick so much, but that's all right. That's all right. (laughs) They deserve it. (laughs) And so, um, my question to you is, what would you rate your overall experience? As a red hat, um, like on a scale of one to five, one to five, five being this was a great experience, one being this was ceiling. complete That's fucking ceiling. shit. Five, I I loved it. Like this is the kind of stuff that I. So it was like a nine. Yeah, yeah. Like I love doing mm. this sort of stuff, and I like when when I am on doing something for the first time ever, and the dude on the broadcast is just like, "Dude, you're so good at this. I wish we could have you for every game." Like legit, he's that's on our, the. That's our boy. Yeah. Pay so me. like this. Pay me. I and I was. It wasn't even that. It wasn't even that. It was. It's gonna be real, real hard to get me out of the press box because Evan will do anything to keep me up there with, with doing. Cause like, and it's we've got boy. the. Evan's got that Mitch Jones. Yeah. It's well, our it's our boy right here. I got. Yeah. I got. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff I'm able to do. Um, you know, like. I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of turning into I'm kind of turning into the jack of all trades. Whatever they need done that particular game, I can step into and I can do. Yeah. And that like the red hat was was one that Evan had actually asked me about before I became 
a technically an, an employee of the team like I was a backup for Red Hat so NDZ Academy project right here <laughs> <laughs> look at him go yeah we're, yeah he's he's I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you guys were my academy. I was. Yeah, I'm no. certainly yeah. signed with you guys, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I yeah. came. I came up through a couple different yeah. academies. Yeah. yeah. You but know, we 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 uh, we're proud of you, Mitch. We're we're glad you're getting different opportunities to be involved. Actually, during match days. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate because I would love to be around for the interviews and stuff post game, but I'm consistently having to do stuff up in the booth until about 10-15 minutes after the game I mean, so when by the time I get down to the forward club you guys are already in your interviews and what you're talking about too is that there is like when you, you get involved with this club is that especially at the level that we've all gotten involved yep. with there is a time commitment that is involved in this absolutely right but on the other hand there's also a ton of opportunities and as as Andrew alluded to there's so many different things that this club needs and has, you know, even if they don't know that they need it, you know, and whether that's in the front office or out in the flock end or whatever, you know, that's exactly, yep. you know, if you want to get involved, you can absolutely it takes get a community, involved. Right? Takes, it takes a community. Okay. You fucking dickheads. <laughs> Which leads us into... Yeah, I love you both, but fuck fucking dickheads. Uh, Why, because we're good at this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, real good. Real good. The segues are exceptional. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing, one of the things we want to talk tonight about a little bit uh, is just making sure everybody knows, if you're listening to this right now, which, like, all five of you... Uh, There's at least six, right? I mean, the, the Captivate stat- statistics tell us that we have at least half a dozen. Six? Half a dozen? That's, that's about that's roughly six. the same. The, yeah. Roughly. Yeah. No, the, the, one of the things I, I, I wanted to plug tonight at least because... Uh, partially because as a fan base, I don't know that we always do the greatest job with, with like making sure that people know how accessible some some of the roles are in the supporter section on match day mm-hmm. one thing that um i talked with about uh more recently is and we, we talked with uh with mitch and with baron about this on our last episode that we recorded with, with with some players is how the culture the auditory support culture uh around the club songs a chance all that stuff is spreading to other parts of the stadium. Right. Uh, there still is a need that we have in the supporter section in the flock end for for capos and drummers. Yep. And to be honest, like just peeling back uh, the, the curtain a little bit, uh, as somebody who helped kind of put a lot of that stuff in place in the first season, it doesn't happen without people. No. Right. Like, and no. and there's no like. No. There's no gatekeeping around it. There's no, uh, as much as some people would like you to believe, there is no Google Forms that you need to sign in on. There is no uh, uh, process to get vetted as somebody who can lead the section on a match day. Right. And I want to make that very clear to everybody that, like, if you're at a match day and that something looks like fun to you, 
just go do it go do that go and, do that thing and i can i can attest to this one of my one of my good buddies uh his name is alex he is a capo um mm-hmm. and he had been to i think maybe maybe two i think it was just one match last year uh, that I had brought him out to. Um, at the time, he was living in Minneapolis. He moved down. Uh, he moved down here during the winter. Uh, he's working at UW, and he, when he was at the game, he looked at it and he was just like, "Capoing looks fun," and he uh, he got involved uh, with the flock and he went uh, to the to like the capo training mm-hmm. thing. You and now he's do that shit. To be honest with you, you, you don't really, but it helps. You know, if you don't know the chance, it absolutely helps. Yeah, but. what I want to make sure that people understand is like there is no barrier to entry outside of your own uh, bullshit that might hold you back from right. doing that thing. If you yeah. want to do, if you want to do it, you can do it. You uh, you said this to me back in 2019. I think like in one of the games, the, from the first games when I asked you, I'm like, how do I get more involved with this? You said the people that show up get to make the decisions, and that's pretty much it. If you show up every match day. And you're showing us that you're committed to this. You're going to be able to get get involved. And even if you don't, man, if if you show up and you're just you want to try something, and do it. Even if you're not great at it, like do it. Yeah. This is a community club. Anybody that's part of this community can be a part of it in any way in, that they want to. In. Yeah. Like, right. It's not the the barrier to entry really is on whoever it is as the person. And what we're talking about here, just to qualify some terms right capo is looks like capo capo whatever you want to say it yep. it's an italian term it is literally a leader leader is what and, captain yeah, yeah captain. captain you're you're up in front of the crowd a lot of times if you're up on a on the stand at, in the flock end f at Bree stevens it means your back's to the game you're not gonna watch in the game there's a sacrifice there you have to make a sacrifice absolutely yep I was up there a lot in the first season. We're going to be up there again on Thursday night this week versus Atlante. By the time you're hearing this on Friday morning, it'll be done and dusted. Yep. Game but, done. But I'll tell you this. The game on Thursday night isn't going to be rebroadcast. Like, no. whoever's there, you're watching a game that won't ever be on TV Yep. Probably will never see video of it unless it's on the club's social media. The team did not hire me to uh, to broadcast this game, so it will not be broadcast. No, I mean it's it's just for the people that are right. there, and and for just as as an example, there is a very wide section of soccer fans that will come out for this game, primarily because it's a second division Mexican team. Correct. They're you know they're they're famous we've and they've been around for a lot longer than for Madison, Madison yep. has. And we've gotten teams like this before: Leones Negros, uh, Atletico. Uh, it is a Morelia. chance, Mitch, for us to show what the fan culture is like in Madison, and you know it takes people to pull that off. Absolutely, we don't have a fan culture without fans. And it's part of the it's part of the name. If you play an instrument, if you are a drummer, if you just love people and love moving people that's literally the that's that's what we need yeah come on out if it's your kid that does those things come on out yeah. come up say hi to people talk to people get involved that's how the, we we grow this culture that's how it continues like it i i said this to you grant on the way over here driving here tonight uh, a capo or a drummer's job is to help yeah, right. That's it's it. to help the fans connect with the team, connect with each other. That's it. That's it. 
Um, and so if you want to be an active part of this club and an active part of the fans around this club, please, please, please get involved. If you're on a match day, just come up and say hi to people, talk to people, get involved. That's all it takes. And if you're not comfortable with doing stuff on match day, but you do want to still be involved with the flock, there are other opportunities as well, whether that's uh, gardening or yeah. uh, or like helping with... Uh, the Flock Soccer Foundation. Flock Soccer Foundation, yeah. the Habitat for Humanity stuff. That, yeah. that Whatever your interest, doing. really. Yeah. There's, there is, there There's is something... There's always a way for you to get involved If you this. want to be involved, yeah. you can get involved. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I think we've wa- we we've, we've said uh, probably all there is to say on that. Well, and the other thing is that Jim's looking impatient. He looks like he wants to start uh, talking to us. So no, yeah, yeah. Jim Launder is on the show tonight, everybody. And with that, we will transition into the interview. Uh, we don't have an outro for this episode because fucking it. You really want to listen to us for two hours? I don't think so. We're already at like a. F- I think there are some people that actually would love that. You sickos! They are sickos. <laughs> We've I've actually had people say like, "Oh yeah, you guys, you guys are great." I put you on there like a, you know going. when I'm cleaning the house and like I you know, put you on when I need to go to sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> sickos, Grant. I, I, I put you, I put you on when I need to put my kids to sleep at night. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. you, you put the kids to sleep better than anything. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's our dulcet mm-hmm. tones, we know. Yeah. It's not the fact that we're boring as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if 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 our voices aren't boring as shit, it will be a magazine. Uh, who needs melatonin when you've got New Dog Magazine issue two? Best there is. <laughs> anyway, uh, we will not see you on the other side of this in- interview unless it is at Rabinia this next Wednesday night. Uh, for a league game or Thursday night. Come by. Well, fuck. Yeah, come by. Swing through. Say hello. Buy some issues. Yeah, buy an issue. Buy an issue or two. Share your issues with us. Yeah. Grant will listen. I won't. But. <laughs> <laughs> we love y'all. We really do. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned in for Jim Launder and thanks again if, for to Jim for joining us. We'll see you next time. All right, we are back. We are here with our illustrious guest for tonight. Uh, the legend. The legend, NCAA coaching champion, Jim Launder. Jim, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you guys for having me here. It's an interesting place to be. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way of putting it. We are... Uh, One of our favorite places in town. Yeah, we are at Rubini Courtyard. Uh, some, some people, I think, think that we actually live here. We have cats in the back. Yeah. We don't yeah. use them often. But so, hey, sometimes you just got to take you a nap. Sometimes you got to do Yeah. Um, we do love it here, though. We do. They take good care of us. Very good care of us. Food's Beautiful good. Beautiful place. Beautiful courtyard. Yeah. If you haven't been here, come check it out. Yeah. Um, so, Jim, this is your fourth year coaching with the team? Third? Fourth? Yeah, all of them. All of them? Yeah. You, you've yeah, been you kind were, of you, in you, and around since the start. Correct. Um... How how is it year five? Are you in your stride yet, or or are you just are you not? Are you feel like you settled into, a, I guess a groove, a pattern? You know when when I see a team, it's always you you kind of settle in, and then there's disruptions, and then you fix those or adjust to them, 
and then there's another disruption and you fix that and go on and it's uh, a lot of, of building a team is the initial putting it together yeah trying to have a, a, a logical way that you're building the team and I think we did a great job of that this year Matt yeah. is led the team and really picked up on all of those ideas and now I feel like we we went through one kind of storming episode where we had to fix some stuff and now we're going along and one will come up and it's up to the coaches to, to deal with that when the time comes and it's up to the players to try and minimize that and keep on track. How how, in your estimation, uh, does Matt differ from the, the previous head coaches? Uh, <clears throat> I think as passionate as Matt can be, he has very good control of himself, mm. and he's uh, able to put that aside and then bring forth still a passionate view of yeah. what he has, but that's not that doesn't have animosity in it yeah. sure so uh, would you say that like the players do they take from that that this is a guy that just is he really loves what he do he does and cares about this and he, like, like that passion when it comes out it's not like you said it's not antagonistic <clears throat> it's more of like it's because he cares about something it's never antagonistic towards the players right. it's con you know trying to convince them that they're good and they can even be better yeah. as a group and the watchwords are you know working as a team yeah. uh, and he, he, he and he, he and the other coaches with us are very very good at, at putting those things together and that was a, that's something we've heard throughout the course of the, <coughs> the year from these guys is that like I think the mantra <coughs> that we've heard more than anything is everybody everybody attacks everybody defends have you seen that that kind of that same mentality like throughout the you know the club and has that mentality been different with this club as opposed to others yeah team first is the is the watchword yeah and in here we our, our basis of defending starts with the forwards and it finishes with the goalkeeper but yeah. everybody in between is is doing it and our basis for attack is hey when we can build out of the back we build out of the back so it starts with the goalkeeper and hopefully finishes with a forward, but sometimes it finishes with one of our players running through and scoring from deep. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> wanted to ask you too, like because you, you had a lot of years coaching at the collegiate <clears throat> level, um, and even <clears throat> at, at you know like a sort of the path to pro level at NPSL. How does coaching at USL one level compare, uh, similar or differently? You're also talking about time eras, right. you know, and, right. and so right. it's 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 different for time eras and where the players are. Uh, I think it was interesting. I saw an overlap that the leagues were doing from MLS and USL and League One yeah. and League Two. Yeah, and the way they had it drawn up looked like League One and maybe the bottom half of was kind of like the top half of league one and the bottom half of or bottom even up to, uh, higher than half of the championship were all 
mixed in, you know, yeah. so it wasn't a big differential, uh, except for maybe a couple of the top teams in the championship. Right. right. And so that, that tells you something right there. Yeah. Um, so you've coached the, the MLS level. Yes. Um, in, your, in your mind, what's the biggest difference between the MLS level and that championship level or USL uh, USL one level. The the MLS level we had a choice of our players, you know. So we had when the last year I was there, we had Brian McBride, Tony Sana. Yeah. You know, we had guys that were like big names, uh, and and of course uh, and good. <laughs> you know, they the, when you can get those players, and and back then you got to remember that the the. Uh, um, the the total budget for player salaries was 1.2 million. <laughs> so at that time, I mean, it's only like twice maybe what ours, you know, budget is, right? Or even a little little like it's probably less than twice some of the teams, you know, yeah. in our league. But that got a lot more, you know. And we like Brian McBride was a different case. We loaned him out to European teams. Yeah, and, and he could get paid a lot more than he'd come back and play with mm. us. So, did he, did he come from Fulham to you, or did he go come from the, the he, Fire? He to came you? from us to Fulham. Okay, and then back to to Fulham. I was and, gonna say because he, he was the number one draft pick in uh, yeah in '96. Uh, yeah, when I was, <laughs> it was really funny. He was like a color commentator for national championship mm -hmm. activities yeah. and I was the, one of the coaches for the All-Stars and he was like the main uh, uh, color guy doing it and back then he used to have shaggy hair yep. and the whole deal you know and it was it was pretty funny he'd come on the bus with us and interview us so are you aware that like he has like a street named for him around Craven Cottage in, in Fulham? Yeah, I heard. I heard yeah. rumors. Yeah, I it's heard not rumors. a rumor. I, I, like, I, can I was never quite sure if it was true. I, he, both he and Clint Dempsey have a street, so it's uh, it's kind of a cool thing. So that is kind of cool that's thing. really cool. So I, that's good. Good info. Yeah. yeah. We need to start getting guys. Uh, no, no, I can bug him about it. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> we need to start getting uh, streets named after guys for this team around here. Yeah. So. so Jim, I gotta ask, and and I know Grant put this question down, but Grant's the one who interviewed you for our, for our second issue of our print magazine. Um, first off, thanks for thanks for agreeing to do that interview and, and sharing so much with Grant. Um, what what were your thoughts on the piece? I thought it was, I I, I thought it was really 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 good. Yeah. Uh, as much interviewing as we did, to be as accurate as it came out, I, I thought was amazing in itself. And if anything, uh, Grant was over complimentary to me, but <laughs> he has a habit. What I did is I, I, had, yeah, I love my friends. What can I, I say? I had my know? significant other uh, Sue read it, and I said, "Just give me your opinion." She said, "This is beautiful." You know, she said, "You should feel well loved." I think is the yeah. way she put it. She came up and told me, um, I think in the forward club, she's like, "You did a really great job." She's like, you should be proud of this. And she's like, thank you for doing this for him. And I was like, it was an honor. I'm like, you know, and it, it was, in a lot of ways, it was my thank you from all of us that grew up loving soccer in Wisconsin. We don't really feel like you got the, you know, the thank you you deserved for all the things you did at UW. And so this was my way, my little tribute for you to, uh, 
to do this. And so thank you for sitting down. It was great. It was it was an amazing experience to write. So thank you. So. I, I appreciate it. And one of the best things was Grant's an easy interviewer to work with. He's very cordial. We we spent probably what three four, three, three, four three, hours. Three, yeah. four hours. Yeah. And, it was at least three because we met three times. That's right. And it was. And we usually ended up getting kicked out because they yeah. closed the place. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So. It was an early closure, but yeah. You know, yeah. But um, so that I, I enjoyed the process because it brought back old memories. Yeah. You know, and you know I just hope I got as much accurate myself as possible. And they say anytime you tell a story twice, it's different. One oh, yeah. of the two. 100%. So, and there were so many things in that, you know. And by all means, folks, you know, go get it. Go get the article. It's you know, it's five dollars. You know, for our new issue, we'll talk about it. But yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where we actually there's so many times within the piece that like something would come up. That was like this little antidote that was like there was just like the, the Eric Hyden piece for me. Like that was one of the things that always stuck out. It was just like you just kinda of threw that in. It's like, yeah, he was on the team when I got to Wisconsin and, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, Eric like the Eric Hyden? You know, and so you know, it's just but there was so many little blips of that that yeah. it was hard to kinda of like filter through and choose which ones I was gonna use. So it's thank you for saying that like I, I did a great job and picked the right ones. So Yeah. I gotta ask though about the the mud picture <laughs> because that's right in the center fold of the magazine. You open it up and it's just like it, it's right there. And we've already had people ask, "Is like, that Lunder? Is that really Jim? Like, yeah. what happened to him?" Uh, and I said, "Oh, he's just playing so in the mud." What's the story behind so that? So the the way I used that photo the last time was, uh, you know, I teach for U.S. soccer and right. I was doing a. Uh, uh, they were doing what they call uh, um, re-ops for the A-licensed coaches, mm -hmm. and they asked me to do a section on goalkeeping changes through the years. Mm. So one, one of the things was we used to play on absolute Just rubbish fields, yeah. and that was an actual picture. After a game. Uh, right after a game. Yeah. yeah. I came in, you, my roommate saw me coming was, up the driveway, and he says, I'm getting a picture when he comes in the door, and he did. Was that uh, UWM or club? Oh, uh, that was club. Okay. Yeah. I okay. think I played at Brewers Field, which oh, isn't there anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Uh, County Stadium. You know, so I was on 51st no. and Good Hope yeah. Road in Milwaukee. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it, wasn't in, it wasn't part of County Stadium. It was actually just like a park. Yeah. Oh, it was, was Bre okay. Brewers Soccer Club. Yeah, okay. was sponsored yeah. by Schlitz Brewery. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they had Schlitz on the jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. love that. Um, so one of the one of the other questions that I it's more on the the Ford Madison side of things. Um, in previous seasons, all except 2019, where we we made the playoffs, we've had a sort of second half of season, kind of a collapse or like just inconsistent results, not getting enough points to make it to the playoffs. Um, I wanted to ask kind of your perspective on whether you think this season is different with the crop of players and coaches that we have this season, um, and and why is it different? Okay, I'm going to actually start a little bit with the why. Sure. Uh, and I think one of the things is because it's really the first time that we were able to bring a staff back together early and recruit 
recruit players in an organized way. Yeah. So Matt brought the group together, asked for them to, uh, asked for us to help formulate a, a kind of a underlying goals we had for getting players in. What were we looking for, and all those things. And so our our ability to bring in players that fit a certain role like Jacob Cruel is an yeah. example he's a new player we brought in we only kept four from last year's team so we had to bring in a lot of new players he, he fit he ticked every yeah. every bell like for right what we were looking for yeah. you know it took us like 20 seconds to say yeah we want this guy right and so but that whole process was really important and, and even with the players we brought back that process was there yeah it's good to know so but that's I think a, and it's not the only reason I think but I think having that foundation you know, like we 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 wanted people with character we wanted people who wanted to be on a team yeah. who wanted to play for the team and for our Kind of tactical motto was forward first. Yeah. Now we had to modify that a little bit to figure out, hey, when shouldn't we go forward? When should we go back? But that's with any any way of, of carrying out a tactic. Yeah. And uh, the players have become better and better. Part of it being that we had players that fit a mold that we wanted. You know. Yeah. yeah so personality seems like it's sort of. Not personality, but character is almost yeah. like a, a, a paramount thing this season. And that's correct. And that's something that we've said too that we've noticed is that this is just a really fun, good group of guys. Like you know, they hang out in the forward club afterwards and talk to the fans, and it's like just seems like the, like this group is a lot more engaged with being here and being a part of this club. Well, let me ask you something about that because no team that I've ever been on doesn't you know doesn't have its share of, of conflict from time to time. Um, usually the, the best teams that I've been a part of, whether it be sporting or otherwise, have more to do with how you handle that. Um, how, how is this current team at handling conflict, whether interpersonal or on the pitch? I think we've got good captains, um, some experienced guys in, in Mitch and Andrew. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they they one thing that they're not afraid of is to bring a problem to the coaching staff, and that could be you know like a few years ago, and I think even even two years ago and three years ago that was a problem. People weren't. J.C. Banks got hurt, and he wasn't himself and we just didn't have that leader that was willing to work with the coaching staff to help solve problems hopefully when they're in their infancy you know yeah, yeah. and and it's it's like I was saying the the they talk about building a team you talk about uh, forming storming norming and performing you know, yeah. and it's like a little catchphrase of a way to say it. But we've had a we've had to do a little, some storming, which is where yeah. you're fixing problems. You know, yeah. and and our norming period was was very good because we had a good basis for what we wanted to do. But nice. storms, you're always going to have them. It's how you deal with them. Yeah. And I and I think that structure helps you deal with them. 
So, uh, what kind of things have you been impressed with the team so far in particular? Like, the players, certain players, certain tactics, certain off-field stuff even? Like, is there anything around this team that's just like, this is, this is the big thing that's, that's big compared to the other seasons that I've coached with this team? Uh, I, I think that it's a it's actually a bigger mixture of players it's more diverse than than we've been in a lot of ways and yet the pieces fit well together it's a yeah. diversity that is it encompasses the whole well and just little things like they had a party after a road trip a couple of road trips ago and it was right after that kind of storming period everyone showed up you know like not nobody missed and everybody came in the next day oh we had a great time the families were there the single people were there the yeah. people with girlfriends were there everybody yeah. and it wasn't us organizing it it was them organizing it yeah. and that's so much more important you know realizing that like how important it is that we do this and yeah. that we really and that was actually something that you know I think going into the season that the guys that were coming back were saying that they wanted to improve upon was like doing more things off the field and doing more things to like bond and connect and so yeah. so to hear that that means like yeah it's great and, and we tried to set up a couple early and yeah. we did like we did I took them to the park for yoga one day and you know we just, you're, you're just, a yoga guy uh, oh yeah, yeah. so Man. we did we did some different I mean it wasn't just me we all went there yeah that's uh, great but like uh, JP, JP jogged with them and Matt and Neil met us there with like rollers and stuff like that nice. and and I rode my bike and kind of guided them to where the park was and it was it was it was a, and they were, it was we surprised them with it you know so we do the coaches come up with some things cool. that, like what we're gonna do but the, I was really impressed with them coming up and the biggest thing I think we've we really co-constructed those ideas because we brought in people that philosophically would fit into it. Yeah. So, in other words, I think, you know, it's it, with coaches and ownership, you have certain standards you have to meet and there's certain things you can't do. But we try to get ideas together for what the group wants to do yeah. that are, are put together by the players, the coaches, and everyone. So moving a little bit more forward now, like as we discussed in the article, um, you've won a title before, and you know what it takes to win a title. Um, in your opinion, what does this team have to do in the second half to bring that cup back to Madison? Yeah, so it's. It, I think uh, I was talking with one of the players today about, and he brought up, hey, we've got to be better. He brought it up to the team we got to keep getting better and I think that's one of the hardest things for a good team is to keep getting better when you're already pretty good pretty cooking yeah. you know and to keep your focus on it yeah. in that way I think is really important huh. yeah. so that never good enough mentality of like you want to you want to celebrate your successes when you have them but like you move on and it, Dennis Bergkamp talks about that, right? You climb one mountain and you get to the top and you see another. Yep. Right. I mean, that's that's right. what Matt always says, right? You don't let the highs get too high. You don't let the lows get too low. And so... You try I, not to. And <laughs> I think, Jim, 
you know, this brings me back to, again, brings me back to the article where we talked about, you know, something that you always looked for in a guy was that competitive nature. And what it sounds like to me is like, you, it sounds like that's part of the, the, the key piece here is staying hungry and staying competitive. That's that's a big part of real competitive nature, you yeah. know. Just like winning one game, can you can show a big yeah. competitiveness, but yeah. can you come to the doorstep every day? Can you come to practice ready to do that every day? And that's something that I think Matt and JP and Neil all you know have a you know have a really good influence on the team that way, uh-huh. but. The players themselves have to get it. I, I think the other thing I said to you is I really believe it's a player's game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, absolutely. So it it doesn't do any good for the coaches to just believe something. The players have to be really invested in it yeah. and, and ready to do it. I know my sort of player that has been a surprise to me this season, especially like because he kind of proved. He proved me wrong. Initially, seeing Baron play in goal, I wasn't super surprised or super impressed with him at, at first, but he's he's grown to be an exceptional goalkeeper this season for this club. Um, this, even in the NCFC game, I mean, yeah, they, the whole team didn't play well in the second half. Playing down a man, obviously, is, is going to play into that, but... Some of the saves that he made have been pretty incredible, especially for third division. Who's a player on this team that has really impressed you, or maybe you feel like is is playing above their maybe their their level or what others might consider their level? I, you know, we have a lot of good players, and you mentioned Brand. I think he's he's certainly one of those that is playing above what I thought. Yeah, he was capable of. I'll be honest with so, you. So he's impressed you too. Yeah, to be honest with yeah. you, when he was first with us, kind of on trial yeah. last year, um, he played, and I said, you know, Matt, I don't think he's good enough to be here. You know, and Matt said, I don't either, based on this. But we started looking at JP. Said he had a feeling. You know, he says, I just, I think, and what we we all what we all knew, he hadn't played much. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. He'd been off for quite a while. Yeah. And he didn't even look fit. You yeah. know. And so I said to Matt, Can you get on Y Scout and let's let's look at some of his games from two years ago when he was fit and in, ready to when go. He was in shape. And that really changed my mind a lot. You know, yeah. and I said, you know what? Based on those films, I think we ought, we ought to sell him on. Can you come in fitter? Can you come in more ready? And then we ought to give him a run and let him play some games and see what happens. Yeah. And and I know Matt felt the same way, and JP always kind of felt that. He always he he was the one who had like a, had a feeling. He had a he had a smell. You know. Yeah. And uh, he. He, he burned so far has proved this right, you know. You're bringing something up, and I want to kind of capitalize on that. You're talking about like kind of like the smell or having a feeling or something. Is that really what it comes down to for a lot of times with coaching and with like getting a guy and like making sure that it's like you just kind of have a feeling about a guy? Some, sometimes that it, it's it's uh, it's having all the logical things, and sometimes it's a little bit of that feeling as mm-hmm. well. You know, it's it's like. Uh, 
having having science and art combined. Oh right? yeah. You know, it's you always have that. Uh, I mean, an example, a big example for me was we had this this guy uh, uh, Lars Hansen at UW, yeah, yeah. who <coughs> he was at UW Eau Claire in forestry school on a Norwegian scholarship, mm-hmm. and he came down with a friend of his who had yeah. was in grad school up there and had gone to UW, and just walking by our practice and he kind of stopped and watched us for a while and i didn't know who the guy was and this friend of his i knew him so he introduced me to him his liars hands are here so i go well what do you what can i help you with something he says yeah how do i get on this team i said well and he was kind of paunchy and out of shape and disheveled looking yeah but there was something about him that you just like just exuded something i said you know well, Lars, we could. We, I, first, you'd have to be in school, even to practice with us. Right. And he goes, "Okay, I can take care of that." <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> you've got a guy who get into UW. On his own. <laughs> oh, okay, I take care of that. And I, yeah. so I literally just said, "I'll look at you for three days, and you know we can make a decision if you can get into school and get cleared by the athletics department and so on." So I. I knew that the woman that worked with compliance, Mary Weaver at the time, uh, was actually a good friend of mine. So I sent him to her and he got signed up the next day, came out to practice with his gear and everything. I was like, wow, this guy can... He's played before. He can get, the, he can get things done. Yeah. Uh, hire, if he's not a good player, I'll hire him as a, as a manager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but he wound up you know like my my assistant coach Ian Barker who's a really astute coach yeah, he, he, he probably knows his name and and he says that guy's fat out here we can't have him on the team we can't do that you know and there was two guys that he had said about that and one of them wound up starting every game for us as a six and oh, the wow. other one was Lars who was the other one was because he looked like he was 14 years old um, and. <laughs> And Ian, Ian's just said, oh, those guys will never make it. And he's usually really good at, at analyzing players and all that. Not and the saying, husky I ones. Just got a, I just got a feeling about this guy, Ian. Like, yeah. Let's give him three days and see what happens. By the end of the third day, we were like, yeah, we'll keep him. And yeah. he wound up scoring the game winner for us in the quarterfinal, the semifinal, and the final. Yeah. Wow. And even in the first round game, he, he scored did, the yeah, game winner. He, he, so. Yeah, against Bowling Green, yeah. So, it, that's a an extreme example of the. Uh, my have, just a gut feel. Yeah, got a vibe. Yep. Got a vibe. Yeah, yep. love it. Um, I have to ask. This is sort of a, a pie in the sky sort of question, but um, if you could sign one currently active player anywhere in the world, currently active, who would it be, in, and would your decision be? based on need or want? Uh, I think jeez, uh, that's any any player in the world. Holy of mackerel. all time? No, they gotta be playing currently. Oh, okay. currently playing. He, okay. he gave me that caveat. Uh, you know, I, I might go with Saka just because I think he's Star young and, and so... Uh, so Are you electric, an Arsenal fan, Jim? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> How about that? No, no apologies needed. 
you know, and and he's not. I mean, there's about five guys that were rumbling around in my head there, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but he would, he was the first one that came in, so I'm I'm using him. He got listed in some some list the other day of uh, one of the top five wingers in the world. Yeah, like currently playing without question, uh, which is sort of a surprise to me because like. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't follow Arsenal as closely as I used to because this is our team. Now. Madison is this is our team now. Is my is the team Just that like I, I follow. I don't close. follow. I don't follow Fulham as much as close as I used to. I still watch when I can. Yeah. I still love yeah. the people around that club, and and Same. I love that team. But like, Same. I'm more mad if Ford Madison loses than Same if Arsenal full. loses. Same. Yeah. Like, like last year, like like this year, if if Ford Madison wins wins a cup, that means way more to me. Than Arsenal like not winning the league last season. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's like I got. But, to, I mean you saw it. It's like I got to the point this year where it was like, as soon as I knew that Fulham was going to be in the top ten. Yeah. I was like, yep, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, whatever happens from here on out, I don't really care. So as a little aside, because partially this is my show, uh, our show, partially my show. What do you make of the Declan Rice signing? Do you think it's he's worth the 105 million pounds? No, but I think he'll be a really good signing. Yeah. I just don't think anybody's worth a hundred five yeah. million except for maybe Mbappe. Yeah. You know, or somebody like that. I think Messi would probably worth it. He's I, worth. I think if Declan Rice had gone overseas to play or to a different country in in England for the Premier League, you're paying a premium on English players. Yeah. yeah. I, you're right. just don't. That's, a, that's oh, yeah. huge. Yeah. I mean, if he'd have gone to you know Italy. Seventy million, maybe. Yeah, 75, 70, 65 to seventy million. I mean, but the reason is because of the amount of dollars that the Premier League generates. It's just. I think part of it too is that Declan Rice will bring in fans. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and I mean, let's not let's not pretend that that's not something that these teams think about. And and his position was a big need, especially with Jaka leaving. Are they going to play him in the six, or are they going to play him next to uh, Jaka role? I think more of like a six-ish eight. Okay. I think they almost always play with a six-eight and a a true ten. Yeah. So they're not going to pair him up with Saliba. Probably not. Okay. He will probably. If they play like Arteta likes playing at times with a double pivot, it'll probably be him and El Nenny or maybe Partey. Okay. Who's going to be the other center back next to Saliba? Uh, good question. I think they're going to bring somebody. They got this guy, like, they got a player in from Ajax, but I'm pretty sure he's a left back. Okay. Um, Timber is his name. Timber. I know Timber. Yeah. yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's from, yeah. Anyway. Enough about Arsenal. We're talking about Ford Madison. Uh, Grant, I'm going to let you handle this one because this is a big, very loaded question. Even more loaded than my question. Oh, yeah, it is. So, Jim, what has been your favorite Ford Madison moment of all time? And what has been your favorite Ford Madison moment of this year? I, I think, uh, to be honest, my favorite moment was the first year when, when J.C. Banks scored his first goal and, and did a forward-backward flip Oh yeah, right there. Uh, because Partly because I've 
coached him since he was a young kid. He used and to play with Jimmy. He used to, he used to coach his dad and play with his dad as well. Yeah. And so uh, it was it was just an emotional, you know, it was like yeah. a real gut response just seeing him because he was struggling that first year yeah. to get on the scoring board. And then when yeah. he finally did, it really helped us move forward more as a team at that point, yeah, it too. Did. Yeah, it did. He's so that, that, I got to say that would be my favorite yeah. of all time. Well, of five years. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Of, of Ford, Ford Madison. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite Ford Madison moment of this year? Uh, this year, I I got to say it was kind of a, a com- it was it was a combination moment. It was the way the players reacted when we went down a player against Greenville. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's, you know, I mean, you always think, oh, it's got to be a big goal or a big assist or something. But we just were like, I think, you know, like like the coaching staff was more excited and the players were like, hey, we got it. <laughs> we got, like, we're good. You know? And yeah. so, you know, and we had a lead and all that, but we've seen those evaporate before, you know? And I love that moment because it reminds me of the movie Hoosiers. Where at the end they're like setting up the big play and everything, and then all the players are just looking around like they all know what they want. And eventually, Jimmy Chitwood says, "Coach, I'll make it." <laughs> he's like, "Like everyone knows, like give me the ball. like we want Jimmy to have the ball." It's like with a play, like and that goes into what you were saying is that this is a player game. It's a game for the players, and eventually it comes down to the players having that knowledge and having that belief in themselves to be like, "Nope, we got this." And you actually said that in the article where you said like the best games that you coach are when you don't say that much at all and like when you were in yeah. that 95 run you said like I think the last two games you barely said anything yeah 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 because you knew that the guys in the field had, I, I, they had phil- to take, philosophically I really believe that yeah because you knew that the guys in the field had to take care of it's a player's yeah. game you know so from your perspective the coach's job is to prepare Really, you can help with little tweaks at game time, but they're, you know, like, oh, the other team is doing something different. Can, hey, guys, next chance you get, can we adjust? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> Interesting. I gotta ask about this last game. Um, do how different would things have gone? Do you feel if Sam hadn't been sent off? I think we'd have won three nothing. Because they would have been over aggressive, milked it, and we would have got another goal. Got another one. Yeah, that's. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. If you want an honest response, that's my honest response. And that's what we want. That's yeah. <laughs> what we want. So. Yeah. Any other questions for Jim, like on the on the footballing side, or otherwise, we can get into talk about art, the arts and the music. The moon stage. Yeah. Well, I you know I, t- I took out the, the that that piece, but Jim, as part of our our show, we like to talk with our guests about what kind of art or music or books or TV or whatever it might be or film, whatever we're enjoying at the moment. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, very eclectic when it comes to music. Yeah. But I, I really like uh, jazz quite a bit. I used to have my own jazz program at Dayton. Uh, just, just an hour that. a week, you know. Do you taught a jazz class? No, you I, I DJ had a radio. radio. I de- you a radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? This is amazing. All right, so it, who's yeah. your, so like? All right, so who's like? 
who who are your go-to jazz artists? Uh, Gato Barbieri probably. Okay. Winston Marseilles. Uh, those would be two of them. Okay. You know, um, trying to think of the guy's name. He used to sing in Milwaukee uh, at George Pritchard's bowling alley way back in the day. <laughs> but he was a famous jazz singer yeah. and guitar player. Uh, George. George Benson? George Benson. Yeah. George. What? Uh, Are you kidding me? Yeah. He used no. to play in the bowling alley? Yeah. In Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Yeah. George Benson. Yeah. This I've, guy, been there, I've been there every night. This, I've been there every night. This guy. Uh, the, uh, Pritchard used to have a bowling alley. Yeah, and he would—he was a jazz uh, guitarist himself. Mm-hmm. I remember he always would play, and a tongue stuck out of his mouth all the time. Michael Jordan. Yeah, and it was on uh, like just off of North Avenue, on um, uh, one of those one-way streets way down in the Oriental yeah. Oriental Street. I, yeah, I think I know what street you're talking about too. And and um, he he would invite different people in all the time. So you'd just go in and there'd be a bunch of guys jamming with him. And one time he had George Benson in there and he wasn't famous at the time. You know, this is a long, long time ago. He was he was not that well known, you know? Now imagine having three interviews with this guy where it's just nonstop stories like this. It's like you understand why this guy is a legend. Right. Like and, and I just happened to, you know, like I didn't go there every night, but I would go there fairly regularly. Mitch and I have been there every night. I love that there every night. I love For George. George Benson? I love George Benson. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you doing? I don't care. We're gone. <laughs> you wouldn't have known who George Benson was before oh, no. that night. We would. We would have learned would've, quick. We would have real quick. You would have <laughs> after you after <laughs> yeah. heard him. Yeah. So Jim, who are you? Who do you listen to like lately? Like if you were gonna go home tonight, throw a record on, who would it be? Uh, either Counting Crows or Pearl Jam. Favorite Pearl Jam album? Hmm. tough to beat 10. I think 10 has to be, you know, for the number of good songs in there, probably. It's funny you brought this up, because I've been going through like a huge grunge thing this week. Like Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. Kind of reconnecting with that, watching The Bear on FX. Which, by the way, that's my pick right now. I've been listening to a lot of music, but like, if you haven't watched The Bear, watch that show. Season 2 is like Probably one of the best se- like single seasons of television I've seen in a long time. Mitch, I'll let you go next. I think I know where you're going. Yeah. Uh, while I was in South Carolina and Georgia on the uh, on the Tormenta Greenville uh, back-to-back uh, with a Charleston game thrown in in the middle, uh, I, uh, I had Spotify recommend me this band called Young Gun Silver Fox, which is a yacht rock band that started in 2012. Out of, out of London, I believe. Yep. And they're fantastic. Like, it sounds like 70s yacht rock. Sounds like something like, you know, Doobie Brothers or Ambrosia or, you know, any of these, any of those big bands would have, would have done. They're just fantastic. You know, I don't want to sound too stupid, but what is, what is the definition of yacht rock? It's a good question, actually. That's a great question. It's a great question. I'll let, I'll let you answer this. Yacht rock is the kind of music that you would listen to while sitting on a boat, just drink, drinking a margarita S- or whatever. Margarita. Just think think of this. You've seen Trading Places. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. 
You know at the end, looking good, Billy Ray. Look, you know, feeling good. Feeling good, good Lewis. Right. So, <laughs> love this guy. So, <laughs> think about that scene where you're Dan Aykroyd just sitting there with Jamie Lee Curtis in a bikini on the beach. You're, you know, your friend's out there on a boat and you're just enjoying life, right? Imagine the music that would be playing. Yeah, rock. Stuff so, like Michael, some, Michael, McDonald, Michael McDonald, Christopher Cross, Christopher Cross, Kenny Loggins and Jim Messina, Seals okay. and Crofts. Yeah, uh, yeah. Summer Breeze with absolutely. Summer Breeze is play. like I think is the yeah. definitive yacht rock song. So, okay, I get the you picture. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lee, I couldn't really get past Jamie Lee Curtis. But, you know. <laughs> Shout out to Jamie Lee Curtis in the early '80s. That girl, man. I mean, speaking of Jamie Lee Curtis, she was on the second season of The Bear. I know, and she's she's still doing it. She's still yeah. amazing. I mean, yeah. she's still I, great. I see her in NCIS a couple of times in really? the last couple of years. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. She plays uh, like a psychiatrist that comes in. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. See, no. I, I would have picked Jim more for like sitting on a beach, listening to like some Stan Getz and Louis Bonfa. What about Grant Green? Yeah. Yeah, but like Stan Getz has that. I could see Stan Getz yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 What about you, Grant? Oh boy, uh, what have I been listening to? You know what I've really been listening to a lot is because I picked it up on vinyl recently. Um, I picked up SZA's second album, SOS. Oh yeah, it's real good. Because like you had mentioned that you hadn't had her first album, yeah. Control, which I have, and that's really good. And then I realized I was at Target one time, and I think I have control, just haven't logged it. I was gonna say you have to have that. Yeah, with all the TVs in the background. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got it somewhere. You got it somewhere. I got it. Somewhere. Yeah. So I've been listening to SZA's SOS album. Yeah, um, it's good. My favorite track on there by far is um, "Good Days." Yep. Yeah. Still gotta believe in those good days, even when you're having hard days. So. Been a lot of hard days recently, but. Yeah, we've been having some good days. You know? Yeah. Life's been good. Yeah. yeah. Life's been good. It's been busy. But, like... But it's good. But it's yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> Knock know? on wood, you Knock know? Knock on wood. Keep it rolling, you know? Yeah. So. Well, I think we have taken far too much of Jim's time. We could waffle on forever about any kind of bullshit. We could literally have an episode, like an entire series of just stories with, with Uncle Jim. Yeah, I know, I know, do it. <laughs> you know, and it would just, I think it would probably be better than this podcast. We'll have so. to have him back on. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Uh, Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks uh, for having me. Uh, it's been great. a pleasure, and thank you so much again for, for being a part of our second print issue, uh, which you can pick up for $5 on any four at Madison Match Day. Come find us at Ravinia Courtyard, preferably in the courtyard. If it's nice out, we'll be out there. We'll be there. We will also be outside most games, Gate outside one. Gate 1, selling those things for $5. Talking and screaming at you. Yeah. Come get your new dog magazine. New dog magazine. Come get your new dog magazine here. <laughs> uh, thank you so much again, Jim. And as Grant always says, be easy. We'll see you all next time. Cheers. <laughs>